We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, CBTPFL. It's Tuesday. It's May 9th. It's 2023. We have 10 baseball games to talk about here on today's podcast. Joined by my buddy, Keith Eister. Eyes 819. Keith, what's happening, my friend? Not too much. Uh, sweating a little baseball here on Monday night. Got a, a team up top, 40th place right now in the $4.20 max. Uh, I've got Jock Peterson and Logan Gilbert. Gilbert's off to a really good start, so... If I can get a Jock Peterson home run or two, we'd be sitting pretty um, all over the Yankees, as a lot of people were, but like the bottom of the order quite a bit. That worked out very well. Um, also like Dylan Cease a lot. That didn't work out quite so well. Don't know what's wrong with him, man. Strikeouts have been down. Walks are worse than usual. So hopefully he get, gets it back on track. He's a fun pitcher to watch when he's got it going right. But that was that was the mistake I made on on Monday night for sure. Mistakes were made. Um, I, I, I said this on expert survey. I said it was going to be a really good day or a really bad day. And I mean, it's going to be a really bad day. And like, so I fully faded Cortez. And by the end of the day, like I was, to myself, I'm like, man, 
I'm really off of Cortez, and a lot of people are on Cortez. I'm going to make a 20-inch Max today as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I, so I did that, and I went underweight on the Yankees, and we know what they did. And I was overweight on C's like you, and overweight on Descafani. And uh, yeah, that first inning for Descafani, um, single to death, and just not good. And the Giants haven't done much, and I'm overweight on them too. So um ready to move on i think is the best way to say it um ready to talk some baseball got a 10 game slate pitching has been so hard to get right this year um i don't know if it's like pitch clocks or what but it just it just seems like hitting is king right now um like you're you're really kind of just hoping you nail the pitcher that gets like 25 um where in years past it's like all right who's going for 30 tonight you know type of thing so it's been a very interesting year when it comes to pitching in general. Um, we have some really solid pitchers on this slate, but also it's like, you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> so, um, what's up, YouTube? Hope you're all having a fantastic Monday night, enjoying the Lakers and Warriors, and listening to us talk some baseball. We're going to jump right in and get started. And hey, we get to talk about those Yankees. We got Oakland. At New York, nine total in this game. Yankees, a 225 favorite. We got Schmidt going up against Rosinski. Um, Drew Rook. <laughs> Dude, I'm so tired. <laughs> you were close enough. Yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll go with Drew. What about Drew? <laughs> Any interest in Drew? <laughs> no, absolutely not. I'm, I'm going to be right back on the Yankees again today. Just he hasn't been striking anybody out. Um, he walked five in the last. I don't think he's going to be a, a big time walk pitcher, but I don't think he's going to be a big strikeout guy either. Yankees should be getting Judge back today, so that's that's a big boost to them. Um, Oakland bullpen behind him is is awful, so no chance on playing Rusinski. Yeah, I mean I'm with you. I don't really have um, any interest in him. I also like as much as I was kind of down on the Yankees um, on yesterday's slate. This is one of those slates where I. Definitely going to be all over the Yankees. Um, and it wasn't even just like J.P. Sears. I was just like, I can get leverage being off of the Yankees and off of Cortez um, or being underweight on them. So um, Schmidt, 6K going up against Oakland. Um, I mean, potentially playable here. I mean, you don't love it, but I, I think like, if we can get 15 to 20 from him at 6K, it's, it's obviously a, a fair price tag. He has a 25.7% K rate. Um, so I think this is one of his better matchups that he's had this season. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, and I'm interested. I think he's a, he's a talented pitcher. He's struggling a little bit to, to um, figure it out. But like you mentioned, he's had a lot of tough matchups. Uh, Cleveland twice, Texas, who has been really good on offense this year. Uh, Toronto, the Angels, Baltimore—like it's—he's faced some really tough opponents. Um, he he developed a cutter coming into spring training. Like a guy I've been excited about. I think it's this is finally a chance we can play him. Um, he would be a lot more in play if we didn't have a, a pitcher even cheaper that I think is in play. Uh, but I I will still take some shares on Clark Schmidt if um, the the cheaper guy is is chalk. Then I think he's he's a f phenomenal pivot, even though you need to pay about fifteen hundred more. Um, but yeah, 6K against Oakland, sign me up. I, I was on the Oakland bats a little bit against Nestor just because they, they handle lefties well, but they have been putrid against right-handed pitching. So um, I think you can take some shots here on Schmidt. 
was on the Oakland bats too, and they platooned the whole team out after Cortez got out of the game, and um, that wasn't frustrating at all. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think Schmidt at six K, I think he's he's fair. Um, I, I mean, like I said, I think this is the best matchup he's had. He's had some good starts against tougher offenses, so I, I think at six K, three X. 18 points. I, I think that's very doable here um, for Schmidt today. So on the Oakland side of things, I mean, I think you can always take shots on Roker. Um, he, he really seems to be legit. We'll see. Um, I mean, it's still very early in the season, but from what we've seen so far is he's talented. So I think you take shots on on DraftKings. FanDuel, I think he's too expensive, but DK 4,100, I think he's playable. Um, yeah, we'll see. Like he, he definitely seems like he's taken that leap, um, you know, from when we saw him, was it with Minnesota? Yeah. So we'll see how it kind of pans out here, but I don't know going to Oakland's much better, but <laughs> um, anybody else from Oakland or anybody from Oakland that you have interest in here? I'm going to keep playing Ruiz. Like that guy is just going to run every time he gets on base. Like obviously the struggle is him actually getting on base. Uh, but he is running at a, a extremely high clip. So Asturi Ruiz, I think, is in play as well. With with Ro- the Rooker stuff, like the stats look great, but the underlying stat cast stuff is really backing it up as well. Dude is absolutely smoking the ball. Like the exit velocity, the hard hits, all that looks outstanding. So I'm, I'm a true believer in, in the breakout. Um, I, I don't want to full stack Oakland just because the, the Yankees pen is decent. I think Schmidt has some strikeout stuff that could give them problems. Um, but I don't like mine Rooker as a, a one-off. I, I think you could throw Ruiz and somebody like Langliers to fill catcher in there and have a nice little three-man, but not a full stack for me. I, I do like Rooker as a power bat, though, especially with the huge park upgrade into Yankee Stadium. Moriano left the game um, on Monday night after crashing into the fence after a catch. So, I mean, if he's out, that takes away one of the, like, speedy guys. Um I don't think I want to play J.J. Blade, but he is really cheap, and I would assume he gets to start here um, at 2,700 if Lariano's out. So, like, if he gets to start and hits leadoff, I mean, this is a guy with multiple hits in three of his last four games. So I don't mind maybe taking some shots at just a cheap price tag. Schmidt's not like this, like, go out and be an elite pitcher type of guy. He's going to give up some hits. He's going to give up a run or two or three or four. Um Yankees bats, I mean, they're all in play. Um, I mean, like you said, Judge expected to be activated on Tuesday, which is today. So that that's a huge bat coming back to the order. It's not hard to fit the Yankees in price-wise. Bader, 3600 he's still really cheap. So I would assume that the Yankees are going to be pretty popular here today um, against Brzezinski and this really bad Oakland bullpen. Yeah, I, I absolutely love the Yankees here. Um, like I've talked about it before, but this Oakland pen is just so, so bad. They have the lowest strikeout rate, the highest walk rate in all of Major League Baseball. Like it's not just that they're giving up runs, it's they they don't really have even have a chance. Um getting judge backs length, lengthens the Yankees lineup a good amount. Rizzo is one of my favorite bats on the entire slate at only forty five hundred. Glaber's been having a really good year at forty five hundred. Bolpe leading off at 4,200 with massive stolen base upside. Bader's cheap. Um, be interesting to see what they do with the outfield. Um, if Cabrera is in there, he's only 2,500. Um, but, yeah, I, I love the Yankees. Full stacks, power bats, however you want to play them. Um, totally fine with it. 
Boston at Atlanta, nine and a half total in this game. The Braves, a 178 favorite. We got Pavetta going up against Morton. Um, I mean, any interest here in Nick Pavetta at 7,200? Not in this matchup against Atlanta. Um, I, there are some strikeouts in Atlanta's lineup, don't get me wrong, but there's he also gives up a lot of fly balls, and Atlanta has a ton of power. Uh, I think he gives up a couple of home runs here. Yeah, I mean, Pavetta, he's going to strike guys out. Like, he has a 25% K rate, but he also has a 5x FIP. He's giving up a ton of fly balls, like you mentioned, ton of hard contact. So outside of the strikeouts, he's still getting hit very hard. Um, he relies on, like, a knuckle curve fastball, like, combination to strike guys out, especially um, left-handed hitters, and it's working for him. Yeah, I mean, the strikeout stuff's there, but – I mean, there's so much downside. I don't want to. I don't want to play Nick Pavetta today. Um, Morton at 8,900. I mean, we are now over a month into the season, and we kind of have an idea that like Boston really just might be this team that's not going to strike out. They're going to put the ball in play. They're not going to hit a ton of home runs, but I mean, they're still third in WRC plus against right-handed pitching. They have the lowest strikeout rate in baseball against right-handed pitching. Morton has upside, but I mean, I don't think I want to play many right-handed pitchers against this team this year. Like this is like Cleveland-esque from like the last few years where they're just going to put the ball in play and they have more power than Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, spot on analysis. That's exactly what what I was going to say about it. Um, Morton has had a, had a solid year, even at a advanced age, he's approaching 40, I think. Um, but this is just not the right matchup. It's very much like Cleveland, but with more power, it's in a good power park. Um, like Verdugo's not striking out. Yoshida's not striking out. Devers not striking out. Like they're just all throughout the lineup. They have a bunch of high contact bats. Um, just really tough to pick on them overall for DFS purposes when strikeouts are king. So I am off Morton today. All right, let's talk Boston bats. I mean, I think Boston's very playable. I think both these offenses are very playable. Um, I think these are like high candidate like teams to potentially pivot off the Yankees or play with the Yankees, however you want to look at it. Um, obviously, Devers, Yoshida, they're the top two guys. Um, Verdugo is getting to that price point where it's it's getting tougher to play him. Um, but a guy like Emmanuel Valdez, uh, he's been hitting in that like six or seven hole for this team and he's been hitting the ball pretty decent here recently. Um, so he's going to offer you some salary savings. Um, Cassis, I don't know what to think, but he has been a lot better at the plate recently. We know this guy has a ton of power. Um, I mean, it's, he's very young, so we're still kind of waiting. Duran is someone that, I mean, I don't mind playing. Um, he's been hitting in that like four or five spot. And then, Good old Tapia from Colorado playing with Boston this year. He's been hitting in this like three spot for the Red Sox. And it's very interesting if they continue to do that, because not only is this a guy that has good like on base skills, he has no problem running. Um, so really, I mean, I think the Red Sox, you're getting Yoshida endeavors, maybe even Verdugo because you have so much value to stack with them. Yeah, the, the cheap bats make the expensive stuff work, which is always something that I like in a stack. It allows you to pay up for Devers and Verdugo, Devers and Yoshida. I think probably two of those guys is where I land, um, and I'm certainly going to have Devers in there, so I'm, I'm going to be 
alternating between Yoshida and Ver- Verdugo in Boston sacks more than likely. And then you throw in some value bats, just exactly like you said. Um, love Duran. He's been hitting the heck out of the ball. Um, Valdez is great. Cassis, like, even if he strikes out a ton, I, he has big time power. He's near minimum price. Love the Tapia call. I really like the way that the Boston stack sets up. Um, Morton, not a guy that we love to pick on. There's still some talent there, but just the way the Boston stack sets up, I'm, I'm very interested. This whole game stack, um, I know this total is sitting at like nine and a half, but I, I think this is one of those games that's still like the over, even on this massive total at nine and a half. But I mean, Pavetta is a guy you want to pick on. Like, like we talked about, fly balls, hard contact. He's going to strike guys out, but he's going to give up a couple home runs in this game. So Acuna is expensive. Olsen's expensive. Riley's expensive. The catcher situation is expensive. But, you know, once we start going down here, Harris is back. He's 3,800. He's someone that we'd love to play for Atlanta. Um, if Rosario's in there, he's still really cheap. Ozuna has found the fountain of youth, and he's been hitting home <laughs> runs here recently. Um, he probably just doesn't want to get dropped. I mean, Atlanta, they're expensive. Like, this is the type of team that, you know, we were just talking about Schmidt from the Yankees. This is the type of team you're going to probably need Schmidt or Patrick Corbin, who we'll talk about way later. Um, (laughs) I mean, this is the type of, like, pitcher you're going to need to, like, stack this team. Yeah. um, There's a $4,500 guy. I think that's going to make it all work on this slate also. Uh, even like Otani in a brave stack can work on the slate because we have that dynamic on it. Like the Braves are really expensive, but it's a, it's a very great spot for, for power upside. And the Braves have a ton of that. So you're going to have to pick and choose. You can't fit five, five K bats in there. I don't think. Um, but like I, if you leave Murphy out and go down to like, a Grissom and a, and a Harris or Shoemake is up now. Who's going to be rotating with Grissom. They said um, you still have the cheap outfielders, Hilliard, Ozuna, Rosario, whoever's in the lineup. There, there's ways to make this brave stack work. You can probably get three, three guys up top um, even throw in an Albies or a Harris in the mid range and then, and then drop down for a couple value bats. So very doable, save some money at pitcher. Um, you can get a pretty premium brave stack in there. And I, I really like this spot against Pavetta. All right, um, moving on. We got White Sox and Royals facing off nine total in this game. White Sox a 140 favorite. We got Giolito going up against Lyles. Uh, any interest here in Lucas Giolito? I do have some. Um, Kauffman Stadium has been playing very hitter friendly in the early going. Now, part of that is due to the weather. It's been warmer in Kansas City than it has been in a lot of places. Um, but ballparks, like they do tend to shift around a little bit um, pretty much known as a pitcher's park that limits home runs recently, but this year it's been pl- playing pretty hitter friendly. Um, so there is some risk here with Giolito. Obviously the, the Royals have some power bats now that they haven't had in, in recent history, um, but they do strike out a fair amount. They don't walk a ton, which has been a big problem for Giolito. It's part of the reason why I like to cease on Monday night. Um, 8,300 for Giolito. He's starting to turn it around a little bit. It seems like, um, walks have still been a problem, but the strikeouts have been there all year. He's put together a couple of decent outings here in a row. Um, gave up one run against the twins and two runs against Tampa Bay. Those are like two really good offenses. So I think he's starting to come back around 8,300 is too cheap for him if he's right. Um, and I don't mind the matchup here against Kansas city. 
it's going to scare some people off after watching Dylan Seas, but Dylan Seas just doesn't look right. Um, I, I don't know what's going on with him right now. He just he just doesn't look right. And I think the opposite for Lucas Giolito. This is a guy that has thrown six innings or more in five straight starts. He has at least seven strikeouts in three of those five starts. Like now he's getting a Kansas City matchup. Yeah, the weather is going to be great again. I mean, Kansas City is a a good hitting condition, but it's 79. It's not like 85. Um, so I think overall, this is a great spot for Giolito. I mean, I don't, I don't see how you really argue against the spot for Giolito. Um, I mean, Cease has a five XFIP. Giolito has a five XFIP. Is that my argument? Maybe the advanced numbers on Giolito say he, I mean, he's getting a little lucky, but a little lucky is fine. I mean, pitching at 8,300, I mean, it's going to be one of the best pitching options in this range today. Lyles, hey, the White Sox are finally starting to come around. Um, <laughs> they're starting to hit and getting guys like Jordan Lyles and Zach Ranke, that can really help the confidence of this team. Um, I'm off of Jordan Lyles today. I'm going right back to the White Sox. Yeah, I'm going to be with you. I, I was underweight on the White Sox on Monday night. I don't think I will be underweight here against Jordan Lyles, a guy who has given up hard contact and fly balls his entire career, has gotten lit up the last – he's given up at least two home runs in each, each of his last four starts. So that's that's kind of what we're expecting here again today. Um, no chance I'm playing him. All right, let's talk about these White Sox bats. I mean, if you look at the season numbers, you're not going to like what you see. Um, but I think you're just you're playing the talent and you're playing against Jordan Lyles in the spot. Yeah, absolutely. Still plenty of injuries throughout the lineup. Um, but they they have Tim Anderson and, and Luis Robert back in there who are two elite hitters. Benintendi's a contact guy that's going to get on base a fair amount. Uh, and he's cheap, 3,400. Andrew Vaughn at 3,100 has, has a lot of power. Um, Gavin Sheets hit a home run on Monday night. He's 2,500. I, I really like Gavin Sheets, just that, like cheap left-handed power. Love that, how, how he profiles against uh, Lyles here. It gets pretty thin after that, but there's there's plenty of ways to to make the stack here. Um, Grandal, if you want to do that, I'm not a huge fan at this point. Um, he's 3,400, though, so I, I don't hate it. But the cheap power bats in Vaughn and Sheets to go with elite guys like Anderson and Robert, absolutely love it. Um, yeah, I think overall, um, the White Sox are one of those cheaper stacks you're looking at. Cause I don't think you necessarily have to play the expensive bats. I think this is a team you could look for value and use them as a secondary stack with an expensive stack and feel okay about it. Um, you mentioned sheets Vaughn is another guy. Um, and then on the Kansas city side stacker fade for me, I mean, they, they rock Dylan Cease, And if you stack them, congratulations. Um, I was not on that. If you, I mean, if you just didn't believe in Cease and you attacked him, like, good for you. Um, but, I mean, Bobby Witt is always someone I think you can play. He had another, I think, double, st- like, multi-stolen base game again on Monday night. Like, um, thoughts here on the Royals? Did I say the Chiefs? I, might I don't think so. Chiefs. I don't think so. I don't know. Every time I see KC right now, I've been, like, looking at best ball stuff the last couple <laughs> days. Every time I see KC right now, all I can think about is the Chiefs. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I, I, I'm okay with, with Kansas city. Um, wit, I completely agree. He just has so many ways he can get there, whether it's power or speed or multiple hits. Um, he's just a really good player, especially for fantasy purposes. 
Love the catching options because they have power as well. Pascantino, like Giolito has reverse splits, but he handles the off-speed stuff okay. I think he'd be fine against Giolito in this spot. Um, and they're cheap beyond that. So the full stack is, I agree, the way to, is the way to go. You just hope Giolito doesn't have it. White Sox bullpen isn't anything to be afraid of. Um, so I could see a route to them getting there. Not going to be one of my higher-owned teams, uh, but I'll, I'll probably have some exposure just at, at least so I can get some some wit and Perez exposure. I really like how Sal Perez profiles. Like if I was picking a home run on this team, it'd be Sal Perez. Dodgers and Brewers, nine total in this one. Pick them game. We got Syndergaard going up against Lauer. Uh, any interest here in Noah Syndergaard? No, he just, the strikeouts aren't there. Um, just, there's no upside with him anymore. Uh, he just like the velocity is down from his peak. He just hasn't been the same guy for a long time. I'm not terrified of Milwaukee, but I just, I don't believe in Syndergaard anymore. Yeah. 15% case five X on the season, really just struggling with lefties. Um, Yelich, Winker, Tellis, Terang. I mean, they have enough lefties in this lineup that I think I, I don't really want to play. Syndergaard is not even like he's striking out righties at like a 30% clip. It's like 18%. So like even in with these righties. Um, so I think there's enough good pitching today that I don't have to play Noah Syndergaard. And I think there's enough good pitching on today's slate that I don't have to play Eric Lauer. Um, Eric Lauer has actually been somewhat consistent this season. Um, he's going out. He's not getting blown up and giving up a ton of home runs. But, I mean, you just look at his numbers and, gosh, man, um, it's really hard to trust taking a guy with a 5.5 XFIP and just cannot get right-handed hitters out. Um, I think they – have enough righties on the bench that they could platoon enough of this lineup where I don't think I want to play Lauer unless they roll out like six or seven lefties. Yeah, I don't think I do either. Um, like he's a talented enough pitcher and he's a, like right around an average, slightly above average strikeout guy. Um, he's been below average this year, but in the past we've known him to be a, a slightly above average strikeout guy. It's the walks for me. Um, his, his walk rates over 10% this season. You have a really patient Dodgers lineup, so just not the right spot. Um, the Dodgers are are better against righties than lefties, but there's still, like you said, plenty of platoon bats. The, the Dodgers can do some things here that, that set up okay against Lauer. I'm not playing him. Let's talk Dodgers bats here. Um, Will Smith got the day off on Monday. He has really struggled with left-handed pitching this season, but I think that this is a spot we could see him have a big game. We could see Mookie potentially have a big game. And then we get some cheap bats that are going to be in the lineup. Chris Taylor is 3,200. He should crack the lineup. Trace Thompson is 2,600. He should crack the lineup. So some potential value here um, for the Dodgers as well. Yeah. Um, Betts and Smith are, are definitely the starting point here. Like Smith's early season struggles against lefties when he has a career full of mashing left-handed pitching. I'm, I'm not concerned about that. Um, if people are scared to pay up, 5,100 for him and he's low owned, then I, I absolutely love it. Uh, I'm not af afraid to pay for Muncie or Freeman lefty lefty either. Love the Taylor call. Like he's probably going to hit somewhere in the middle of the order at 3,200. Um, can fill a shortstop spot. Absolutely love him. Uh, Trace Thompson at 2,600, another, another great call. So again, we have the situation. There's premium bats to pay for. There's, there's value bats to help make everything work. Um, Lauer is a decent enough pitcher, but I mentioned he struggled with the walk rate that just puts more guys on base. 
get a couple on on base for one of these big righties like like Will Smith or Mookie Betts that you get a three run homer and then you're you're off to the races. So I I do like the Dodgers stack a good amount, especially with uh, Lauer's control problems so far. All right, Brewers bats here. Um, I mean, the guy I want to play is Willie Adamas. Um, he just kind of continues to do his thing. He's just expensive. I don't mind left-handed power like Tellus in this spot. You know, Syndergaard has really struggled with like left-handed power this season. They just don't have a ton of left-handed power because I mean, Winker just not doing anything still. Um, I think Tellus would be the guy like you could one off if you want a, a cheaper mid-range like first baseman with some power in a in a spot where he might not have a ton of ownership. Yeah, I, I like Tellus as a one-off. Um, just there's not a lot to like in the rest of the lineup. I'm, I'm with you on Adamas. You can play him in any matchup I, at this point. I think he's their, their best hitter if it's not Tellus. Um, with Yelich's struggles, Wink, Winker has been a massive disappointment. Even last year he was as well. thought the change of scenery might do him good, but just not working out there. I don't think I want to stack them fully. Like Syndergaard has pretty decent control. He keeps the ball on the ground. So probably more, I'm just hunting some home runs. Adamas and Tellas are, are my two favorites. Um, Terang has some speed. If you're trying to make a stack, I don't I don't mind including him in a stack, but I, I wouldn't play him on his own. Oh, it's Syndergaard, man. We didn't even think about they, the speed oh, yeah. aspect. Um, <laughs> True. If, that that if does bump Yelich slightly for me. Yeah, I mean, if, if Yelich or Terang gets on base here, um, huge upside stolen base-wise. So... Didn't even like consider that terrain might be an excellent punt second base, like one off today um, with his stolen base ability and like Syndergaard's inability to get left-handed hitters out. Like if terrain gets on base, he might steal second and third in this spot. Um, <laughs> that's, I mean, Noah's just not good at holding runners yeah, on. So the worst. So, yeah, I mean, I, that changes my mindset a little bit um, on terrain. Anyway, I still like Yelich. He's still 5,200. He has seven stolen bases this year. Um, he is someone that will run. It's just at 5,200. I mean, you're really, really kind of counting on that, uh, which, I mean, it is Syndergaard. So you, you can kind of count on that if he gets on base. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, green light, right? Like anybody, yeah. really. Um, when you get on base against Syndergaard, I feel like most, like 85% of the guys in the major leagues have a green light to run on this guy and I mean, you would think by now he would kind of fix that, and he hasn't. So, who knows? All right, we got San Diego at Minnesota in this one. Nine total in this game. Pick them game. Um, Varlin going up against Waka. Saw on DraftKings there was like a potential weather thing here. It doesn't look like it. Um, I'll let Kevin Roth be the judge of it, but we'll just break it down. Um Waka 6,600. Any interest in him going up against Minnesota in Minnesota? I, I don't. Um, the, the price tag is intriguing because he's a guy that has 100 pitch upside. He threw 100 last time out against Cincinnati. Just never know what you're going to get strikeout wise from him. Um, he's, he still gives up a lot of hard contact. Minnesota's a, a talented offense. They do strike out a, a decent amount, a good amount, actually, um, which is a little bit surprising. I just I don't love Waka. It's I always have difficulty playing him. Um, there's just too much home run risk and not quite enough strikeout upside for me. Yeah, I mean I think you nailed it. Um, 
what was it, Cal Quantrill? Didn't he have like a game against Minnesota on Sunday? So like, yeah. I mean, the upside is is there, I guess. Um, and like you said, he, he is going to throw a hundred pitches in this game. So I just you you know you talked about it already. We have like the elephant in the room is fought. Um, yeah. Like you know, that's the elephant in the room. This is a We'll, we'll eventually get to him, but, I mean, this is a top 15 overall prospect in baseball going up against the Marlins. So um, I don't want to, like, steer anybody when it's coming, like a couple more games. Uh, Barland on the other side of this game, um, two starts now, one against the Yankees, one against the White Sox. I don't think I want to play Mr. Louie today. Um, am I missing something on him? No, I mean, a talented pitcher. I think the strikeout stuff that we've seen so far from him is real. Uh, has really good stuff, but he's got a matchup against San Diego. I, like, I, And we have two cheap pitchers. Well, one we've already talked about, one you just mentioned, that are also great plays today. So I don't think we need to try to pick on San Diego here, even though I like the pitcher. Um, I like the price tag in a different matchup, but th- I don't think this is the matchup to try it. I will say this. If you're running... If you're running 150 teams today, he would be in my player pool um, because I do think he is a guy that legit has eight strikeout upside. I think he's going to be close to 90 pitches, and I think he's going to be 5% owned. So for those reasons, I think if I was running 150, which I'm not, I would have him in my player pool today at 6,800 because you're not getting many pitchers under under 7K that have the ability to strike out eight-plus hitters on any slate, really. So – for that reason, I think you could take some shots on him. Um, San Diego has had these games where they have no issue striking out. Um, so, I mean, you know, you look at this lineup, Tatis, Machado, they're over 20%. Uh, Soto is a, an elite um, contact hitter. He has power, too. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Cronenworth, he's not showing a ton of power. And depending on, like, who's catching, um, Kim and Nola both strike out at high clips. If Carpenter is in there instead of Cruz, Carpenter striking out at 32%. So, like, there's a ton of strikeouts in the San Diego lineup. So, if I was running a bunch of teams, I don't hate throwing some shots on him. Um, and I, I don't even have to – it doesn't even have to be a lot. I just think, like, he could be a huge difference maker if he's on. So, um, bats for San Diego. I mean, I talked about Soto. He's elite, but he's not really showing us like a ton of power. I think he has like five home runs on the season. He's not a guy that's going to steal a ton of bases. Like you're really going to need that like home run upside. So I don't have a ton of interest in San Diego today overall. Um, I mean, they would probably be a team that if I'm playing them, I would stack them and just hope they have a big game. Yeah, the pricing is tough. And I, I have respect for Varlin's talent as a pitcher. Um, he, he is very inexperienced. So if, if you were all about the San Diego stack, I, I wouldn't try to talk anybody off of it. Uh, this is a, this is a very good offense. I know they've had their struggles up until this point this season. Um, but they're, they're by the end of the season, we're going to look back and be like, Oh, San Diego put up some awesome numbers. It's coming. Um, like the Bogart's price at 4,800 is pretty interesting. Tatis. I, I think there's a lot of strikeout risk here, but very few people have as much upside as him. Uh, between his power, his power and his speed, um, so he's he's always a guy I probably want at least one share of in in my portfolio of lineups. The the full stack is tough. Um, 
Like there are cheap guys here to make it work, like Grisham, Carpenter, if he's in there, like you mentioned, whoever's catching. Like there's plenty of risk with those guys. Um, but to make the stack worth work, I'm fine with it. Not a stack I love. I probably don't have more than one or two in my 20 to 30 lineups, but I, I think just because of their elite upside, you you might want at least a share to of them. Minnesota side, I mean, Waka is, is definitely someone that can go out and have a bad start. Um, I think Minnesota could like be one of those like potentially low-owned teams. Waka is not a huge strikeout guy anymore. Um, gives up a ton of fly balls, too. Is, I mean, should we be looking at some Minnesota bats today against Waka? Yeah, I have some interest. Um, like, he's a, he's a decent pitcher. He always seems to just – he has a lot of fly ball, fly ball luck. It seems like um, feels like he should always get up, be get beat up worse than he does. Uh, but Minnesota's a good offense, and I, I'm very intrigued by the pricing here. Buxton's under six k, and he's like a six k player. Um, he has he has not been running this year, so like he has the power and speed tools, but he hasn't been using the speed tool. Um, he's still a, a massive power hitter though. So I, I do think he has plenty of upside against the fly balls of Waka. Love Joey Gallo and, and at 4,300. Uh, Kepler is cheap at 3,800. If he hits near the top of the order, Larnock is a decent prospect at 3,700. Miranda is starting to hit a little bit at, at 3k. Um, actually, did they send Larnock? I think they send Larnock down and called they up. Him down. Yeah. Yep. So Kirloff it's Kirloff that's up now. Another pretty good left-handed prospect that has some power. And he's even cheaper at 2800 So Kirloff over Larnock. But I think there's some cheap power here. I'm, I'm interested in this Minnesota stack after just going through some of this pricing. And then the good thing about Kirloff, too, um, I mean, from what we saw last year from him, is he is going to hit the ball on the ground a lot more. So really kind of benefits from facing a fly ball pitcher here. So um, I don't I don't mind that call at all. Um, I mean, he, he showed times that he has some pop. Um, and I mean, them, them sending down Larnick for this guy, he's got to show something here. Um, so I don't mind him. He, like I said, he's a guy that hits the ball on the ground a lot. So really could benefit from facing a fly ball guy here. Um, Kepler is a ground ball guy too. So if you want to take some shots on Kepler against a fly ball guy, um, fly ball, ground balls, line drives. So, all right, we're going to go to your cubbies. We got the Cardinals. And Cubs eight total outs, so that tells me that we're not looking at like wind blowing out in Wrigley, seven mile an hour blowing in, fifty two degrees. So I mean, just continues to be cold ish in Chicago, and wind not really being a huge factor. Um, any interest here in Flaherty going up against the Cubs? No, <laughs> um, the the weather is good. I will say that. Um, we saw, I think, four four total runs scored in this game that just wrapped up Monday night. Congratulations to the Cardinals fans in the chat. I'm surprised they haven't been a little more chirpy than they have been. But um, who Derek says that the Cardinals are on the on a heater. I know I saw Dave in there earlier too. So always a lot of Cardinals fans in the chat. Congrats on getting game one. Flaherty just does. He, he's not right. Um, the wind's not blowing in quite as hard as it was Monday night, but it's still a good spot for pitching weather. I just I can't trust Flaherty at this point. Um, like it looked like he was starting to get back on track and then he just gets blown up against the angels. I don't know what's going on with this guy. 
I think there are pitchers below him that have upside. There are definitely pitchers above him that have upside. I don't think I need to try to take a chance on him on the slate. The one thing that he does benefit here is the Cubs do have a pretty right-handed heavy lineup. And he, I mean, even in his struggles this year, has been really strong against righties. Um, I played some Miles Mikolas on Monday. And it worked out okay. I mean, it worked out better than Desclafani, let's be honest. Um, worked out better than Dylan Sees or Cortez. So um, I guess I, I should take the okay game from Miles Mikolas. There are a lot of pitching on this slate. And Miles Mikolas was what? I think like 6K, 6,200. 6, he was really cheap. We're paying a lot more for Flaherty in this matchup. I wouldn't talk anybody off of Flaherty today. I don't know if I end up with him in like my pool. But I, I wouldn't talk anybody off of Flaherty, especially if they roll out the Horner, Swanson, Suzuki type lineup. You're really just kind of worried about like half and Bellinger at that point. Um, the other side of this game, Tyon, 7,500. I'd say he looked okay in his first start back. Missed um, almost close. To, it was close to like 20 days. Um, he only threw 42 pitches and they didn't. They didn't um, do a rehab start with him, so he knew he wasn't going to go really deep into that game. I don't think he's going to go deep into this game. I think like 75-ish pitches here, and I don't think on this slate it's enough for me to have interest in him against the Cardinals. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. The upside here is not worth the risk because the upside is limited. Um, even before his injury, he wasn't going deep into games. He, he has not been above 85 pitches all season long in, the, in his four starts. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you're, you're spot on. We're going to be like in that 80 to 85 at, at absolute most. And I agree. It's more likely going to be 75 to 80. He's not a huge strikeout guy anyway. You've got a powerful St. Louis team on the other side. Even though the weather's good, I, I'm off tie on. Yeah, I mean, I respect both these pitchers enough where I don't have a ton of interest in the Cardinals. Nolan Arenado got scratched on Monday. Um, it was like neck or something. I don't think it was anything serious, but I mean, could explain a little bit about his power numbers this year. Um, still, I think still a good enough lineup where I don't want to play Tyon. Um, and then like the pricing on these guys make it where I don't really want to play a ton of Cardinals in 50 degree weather. Um, Goldschmidt is 6,100. I just, I don't, I don't really see myself using Cardinals today. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Tyon is a control guy that keeps the ball on the ground. If he does, if something does get elevated, you've got wind blowing in. Um, I don't know which direction it is. Obviously the night before, if it's in from left, like it was on Monday night, that I might take a couple shots on, on lefties. Uh, that's where Tyon can be susceptible. So guys like uh, Nolan Gorman, Lars Newtbar, I think are are totally fine. Um, not a full stack for me because of of Tyon's control and ground ball ability, but I don't mind hunting for a home run here. I mean, the pitcher to play on on Monday night was Urban. He's just making the Giants look silly. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, Cubs bats. I mean, I would, uh, the, where you attack clarity is the lefties. So if you wanted to do like a little two man with like Hap and Bellinger, I mean, those are really the only two guys that I have a ton of interest in Hap 4,800, not as much. Bellinger is still 4,300 and just continues to show that like he's healthy and he's really good at the plate right now. Yeah, I, I love the lefties here. Um, you you mentioned Hap and, and Bellinger have been great. You left off my guy, Matt Mash Mervis, man, twenty three hundred, big time power power prospect. They say he's going to play every day. Um, I think he got a day off over the weekend. Hopefully, he's back in there uh, at twenty three hundred. I love his upside here against Flaherty. Also worth noting, Nico Horner left the game with like his hamstring tightened up on him, um, rounding second, going into third, so he could sit this game. You might get a, another cheap option like Madrigal. I say this just because of the the struggles Flaherty has been prone to this season. Like I don't hate throwing in one Cub stack or something like that, um, just in case Flaherty doesn't have it and you, you end up with a bullpen game here from St. Louis. The weather might keep me away from that. I'll have to see what weather edge looks like and what what um, Roth has to say about the weather once we get closer to lock. Um, but I do have some interest in Cubs. Uh, Morell is also up now. Um, not, not a lefty, but just a guy with a, a lot of power and speed that should score plenty of fantasy points. So a lukewarm interest in the Cubs. I'll see what the weather looks like. Um, but I'm like picking on Flaherty and the struggles that he's running, run into is of interest to me. Houston Adelaide. This game is currently at seven and a half. Angels are 136 favorite. Valdez Otani facing off against each other. Framer Valdez is 10-7. Um, we know he's capable of big games. Um, going to go out and generate a lot of ground balls. Going to tr- go out and generate swinging strikes. Um, my only concern, and I mean, is this team is good against left-handed pitching, so it concerns me a little bit. Um, gosh, I wish he was a little bit cheaper. If he was cheaper, I think it'd be maybe a little bit more interested in him. And I mean, he's sitting at like 25% Ks. He just, he's a guy that goes out and generates a ton of ground balls. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the, the better pitchers in baseball. Um, the the strikeouts have come up over the last couple of years. So I, I think he is playable in, at times at 10 K like the guy just the, as many ground balls as he gets, it's really hard to score off of him in bunches. Um, now he's added a few strikeouts to his profile as well. So like, we're talking about a really good pitcher here. I just, I don't love the the price tag for the matchup. The angels don't strike out a ton. They're going to roll out a ton of righties here. Um, just looked up the angel strikeout rate, 20.9% on the season. I imagine it's even lower than that against lefties. Um, I'm having a tough time getting to a 10, seven price tag for, for Framber in the spot. And I think I've, Delayed enough. I have the angel strikeout rate against lefties here. 
Yeah. So, I mean, come on. Like, that's <laughs> third lowest in baseball against lefties. Like, not not a not a great matchup for upside here. Yep, fourth best WRC plus. Um, WRC plus is like one of my favorite stats. I don't think it's talked about enough, but it, it just kind of gives you a general idea without like going into advanced numbers. When you're doing like a night before breakdown, looking at like a WRC plus number is never a bad idea. Because um, I mean, I spend a lot more time in the morning looking at everything. But first look, I mean, WRC plus is a great place to start. But yeah, I mean. Well, one thing I will say is looking at the sinker numbers because he does throw a lot of like it's like a it's a mix like sinker cutter type of um it's like a mix like cutter type of sinker and like that's I mean that's how he's just generating so many like ground balls um they either hit ground balls really hard or they whiff um so I mean I could see it going either way but I, I just at 10-7 as good as this team has been um, I think it's just one of those things I'm going to, I'm going to pass on Valdez today. Uh, Derek WRC plus is weighted runs created plus. Um, it's one of my favorite stats to look at. It kind of gives you an idea of how, I mean, the actual definition of it is runs created and adjust the numbers to account for important external factors like ballpark ERA, um, league average of like a hundred and 150 is well above league average usually so yeah, it it's scaled on a 100 point scale like you mentioned yep. so it's basically a catch-all stat it's very similar like if you think back to like the 2000s we used to use ops all the time as kind of a catch-call like statistic of a guy's overall offensive performance that's what that's what wrc plus is attempting to do and it's on a 100 point scale so 100 is exactly league average 90 would be 10 percent below league average 110 would be 10 percent above league, league average so just Anytime we're talking about like a 120 WRC plus, you know that guy is is 20% better than a league average offensive player. And like you said, adjusted for park and just run scoring environment in general. Correct. As, as good of a catch-all stat as we have. Yeah, I mean, these weighted stats that we're getting um, here over the last 10 years has really kind of helped. You know, we talked about weighted um, on base average and stuff like that and just gives you a better idea. The advanced, advanced metric, it just gives you a better idea of where these teams are like you you'll hear a lot of people talk about WRC plus and it's just, it's just a really good stat. So let's talk Otani. He's 11, six. Um, I mean, this guy is capable against, against anybody to have a big game. This price tag is a lot. Um, <laughs> and I mean, he's probably worth it. And I mean, Houston, they're definitely not as good as they have been in the years past. They have a lot more strikeouts in this lineup. Um, but you hit a double tonight. Watch out. <laughs> um, but, I mean, there's just a, there's a lot of strikeouts. Like Pena, 30%. Um, McCormick's back. If he's going to be an everyday player, he's another 30% K-rate guy. Um, Alvarez is a 25% K-rate guy. Like, there's enough strikeouts in this lineup where I think Otani might even be worth 11-6. But, I mean, pitchers, I mean, I'm a little gun-shy to pay 11-6 for any pitcher right now. Yeah, I mean, it's not the greatest matchup. Houston is down a little bit. They still don't try, strike out a ton. 21.8% um, on the year. They're, that's 20, 20th in baseball. So not a great strikeout matchup. But I'm still inter interested just because it, it's Shohei Otani. Um, I fully believe he can go out there and strike out 10 against any opponent, no matter who's on the other side. I, I will have some. Ownership will, will dictate how much of that. Um, if, if people don't want to pay for him, I'll be happy to go way over the field. If he's 
very chalky today. Maybe I, I just mashed the field with him, but I, I will have significant exposure to him just because he can he can do something special anytime he takes them out. I think overall we'll see Logan Webb get talked about and be someone that is on everybody's radar today overall. And I think like if you're chasing ceiling, even at 11.6 compared to 9.5, I think Otani, his ceiling is 40. Webb's ceiling is probably like 30. Um, I mean, Washington just doesn't strike out a ton. So, I mean, ceiling-wise, I think we have to say Otani probably has the highest ceiling on the slate of any pitcher today. Um, so, I mean, that's what you're paying 11.6 for. Any bats in this game? I want nothing to do with bats in this game. So I'll just give you a blank. Is there anybody from either team that you like here? I'm just going to go ahead and throw it right back to you with a big old nope. Yep. <laughs> I mean, if bats go off in this game, they just go off, right? Like, you know, I just – with these two pitchers, I don't see, like, maybe a home run or two. I have no idea where they would come from. Um, yeah, and I like mean, you're, like Tucker you're paying, and Alvarez Look could at the definitely, pricing on these guys. Exactly, yeah. I just there's not a good enough chance that that it happens that I want to pay a premium pi- price for a one-off. Obviously, we have some absolutely elite hitters in this game, um, and that's first Otani. Valdez on the other side just generates so many ground balls that it's really hard to try to pick out a home run against him. Yeah, I mean, if you want to try to like take a home run on Alvarez or Trout or somebody, just do it in the sports books if you're in a state where it's legal. Um, all right, so we got Texas at Seattle. Heaney going up against Kirby. Seven and a half total in this game. The Mariners are 170 favorites. Um, any interest in Heaney at 8,100? Oh, man, I'm a sucker for strikeouts. I've played way too much Heaney already. I, I think I'm done chasing it at this point. Um, I, I have respect for this Seattle offense. There are a lot of strikeouts in this Seattle lineup. I need Heaney to show me he can get through an outing clean for a couple of times before I can go back to him. Um, it's it's just so frustrating when he, when he starts racking up the Ks and then he gives up two home runs and and all of a sudden he's you're not not looking so hot. So I I think there's upside here. I just don't know that I need to chase it on this slate. Um, I think there's there's solid pitching in all different tiers. Uh, can't see myself getting to Heaney. Yeah. Um... I mean, they are, for what it's worth, they are making John Gray look like Cy Young, um, <laughs> as bad as John Gray has been this year. I want to see the lineup. I want to see the lineup. Um, I'm not saying I have a lot of interest in Heaney, but he is still elite against lefties. Um, so if they if they do have a lineup where they run – I mean, Crawford getting hurt kind of hurts for, like, this point, right? Um because he got scratched yesterday, um, and they were saying, like, it's something with his knee. That doesn't sound like a day-to-day type of thing. So he, if he's out of the lineup, obviously that takes away one of the left-handed bats in there unless Wong is in there, and if Wong is in there, that's huge strikeout ability for Heaney. So I want to see the lineup before I just, like, instantly cross him off. Um, but I'm with you. I've lost enough money on Heaney this year, so <laughs> what's another what's another start? So... <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, it's it's more of lineup-based than anything else. Um, we got Kirby on the other side of this game at 9,100. My biggest concern with Kirby is Texas is really not that bad, first of all. And second is, like, he 
hasn't shown like the big strikeout stuff or even like big swinging strike stuff um, this season. He's ninety one hundred. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, and Texas has been really good on offense. Um, third overall in WRC Plus this year, I believe. Actually, it was third in WOBA, I think. Uh, like sixth in WRC Plus. So they've been an, a well above offer, uh, average offense. They've they've outperformed expectations for sure. But George Kirby is, is one of my favorite pitchers in the league. Like, I just love what this guy does. I love how he's able to put the ball wherever he wants. I am concerned about a lack of strikeouts and a ninety-one hundred dollar price tag. Um, I don't. I, I will have some. I, I'm hoping that he's low owned, um, and I and I don't have to to play a ton to get well over the field. But I, I just I believe in the guy's talent. They they've let him the leash out a little bit. He was up to ninety-eight pitches in his last one. Um, the guy just he, he doesn't walk anybody. He's probably only going to get you six or seven strikeouts, even on a good day. But I I think that. He can go clean for six, seven innings um, and seven strikeouts and put up a useful score for 9,100. Again, I, I think I'm saying this thinking he's going to be low owned um, because we have Otani, we have some some guys in the um, 8K range, and then some cheaper guys as well. So I think he's pretty low owned on this slate. I'm going to take some shots. Oh, I'm not saying that I would talk anybody off of him. I'm just saying that. He has shown a lack of ability to to generate swinging strikes this year. Like his, his swinging strike rate is at 8.8% this year. And I mean, this is a guy in 2020 that was closer to 10% with a 25, almost a 25% K rate. So his strikeout rate at 24.5% last year, sitting at 17.6. Like, I mean, he's, he's kind of pitching more to contact and just trying to get outs. And I mean, it's working. He's generating a ton of soft contact and he's not getting blown up. Um, I just worry about his ceiling against uh, like this. Texas seems legit. I mean, they're, they're solid. Um, so I'm not talking to anybody off of Kirby. I don't know if I end up with him in my pool. I don't think I play Texas today um, for what it's worth. So I don't have a ton of interest in the Texas bats. Do you? I think you can look for a home run here. Um, Kirby will give up some hard contact, yeah. The, but the control is elite, um, so he's tough to stack against. I, I don't mind chasing home runs, though. Adolis Garcia, Marcus Simeon are, are both really expensive. Nate Lowe at 4700 Um Like, Texas is expensive, and they, they've earned those prices, though, is, is the thing. It's not like we have any cheap power bats here, so. Maybe not as interested looking at pricing as I originally was, but I, I do think you can still try to find a home run here. For what it's worth, I saw a report today that Seeger is expected to go rehab on Thursday. We might get Seeger back nice. Monday. Um, that'd be good for this lineup. Lowe is someone that, like, if I'm chasing a home run, um, I think Lowe is someone that has home run upside in this spot. Heim, if you're looking for, like, some catcher, catcher upside, um, Heim's hitting over 300 with six home runs this year, so he's just kind of doing his thing. Uh, Seattle against Heaney. I mean, any of the right-handed bats. Um, like when Heaney, you know, tends to struggle, he tend to he's he's kind of a platoon guy. He's really good against lefties, but he really struggles with righties. So Suarez, France, Rodriguez, Teoscar Hernandez, like any of these guys, these right-handed bats, I think are in play today. Yeah, absolutely love the right-handed power bats here. Um, 
Julio is expensive, but totally worth it. Adds some speed upside as well. Teoscar's struggled, but man, dude, dude's crushed lefties his whole career. Same with uh, Suarez. I absolutely love Hernandez and Suarez here. Like Heaney's going to give up some home runs more than likely. Those two guys have a great chance to get it done. France hit one finally on Monday night. He had been struggling. Pollock is really cheap if he's in there. He's crushed lefties in his career. Um, I'm, I'm definitely, I think I can, I'm, I, I'm even interested in the Seattle stack here just because of the pricing. Like I love Hernandez and Suarez's price. I'm on board with France. I love Pollock's price. I, I don't mind a stack here. And then like even, even playing Kalnick and Rodriguez, like Kalnick lefty lefty is, is not ideal, but he's going to be low owned because of that. If you get a couple of bats off the bullpen, because, um, because the the rest of the lineup did damage against Heaney and got him out of there early. I, I never mind doing that. All right. We got Miami at Arizona. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This game is at a nine total. Um, the Diamondbacks, a 120 favorite. We got fought against Lazardo. Um Jesus Lazardo, I mean, super talented guy. Um, someone that like preseason I thought was going to come out and have a big like strikeout year and kind of have like a breakout year, and it just really hasn't happened yet. Um, Arizona is a tough team, and they're kind of a middle of the road team against left-handed pitching. Any interest here in Lazardo? Um, Arizona is very tough against lefties. I'm seeing in chat that Christian Walker who like Christian Walker is very good against lefties. Um, just hit a home run. He did. Which was my bump. home run call on crunch time. So love that. Had a ton of him tonight. Hopefully that that bumps some teams up. Um, Lizardo I like as a pitcher. Uh, like he has struggled to like figure it out. This is a former like elite prospect. Um, the stuff is still elite. The, the strikeouts just – he always leaves a little bit to be desired with the strikeouts for me. Uh, I feel like he should be a guy approaching a 30% strikeout rate, and it, he just hasn't quite gotten there yet in his career. He has got the walks under control a little bit. 8,800, I'm interested here. Um, I need to see the ownership. Um, again, there's still a, a guy we're going to talk about that's in this price range that, that we're going to love. Uh, we just talked about Kirby, who is a pitcher that I love as well. So I'm I'm interested in Luzardo, but it's going to be dependent upon ownership for me. Arizona's not a team that I'm that I'm terrified of. Yeah, I mean, I think Luzardo is interesting for large field tournaments, um, just because I think like Fott on the other side of, side of this game is going to get so much ownership. Um, so. Let's talk about him. Brandon Fott's uh, top 15 prospect in all of baseball. Um, not just with this organization. He is a big time prospect here. Um, a lot of people have talked about him above average slider, good breaking ball stuff in general, good fastball gets a much better matchup this time at home going up against the Marlins. His debut was against Texas in Texas, got absolutely shelled in that game. Maybe that keeps people off of him here, but 
I mean, this guy grades out to be like a projected 23 to 24% strikeout guy. He had big swinging strike stuff in AAA last year and this year. I mean, this is a guy where I'm just going to say he had a bad first start, and I am going right back to the well on him uh, because he's getting Miami and he's 4,500. Yeah, I mean, this is a super elite prospect. Um, you mentioned that start in Texas. I don't know if the roofer was open or not. I think it was. I know that just looking at Zach Gallon's stuff today, um, Gallon got beat up by Texas a little bit uh, his last time down there, and the roof was open, so I imagine it was open for – for fought start as well um yeah just a really tough spot this is a much much easier spot i hope people are scared off by the seven runs he allowed uh because this is a, a fantastic spot here against miami they strike out a ton um like the leash up to 87 pitches in a start that he was struggling that was encouraging to me like yep. it seems like they would let him go 95 if he was going well 4500 for a pitcher with this type of stuff who could throw 90 pitches. Like I'm, I'm, I might just lock button him. Like if he's 50% owned, I'm not, I probably don't do that, but we'll see what the ownership looks like. I don't think people like paying down all that much this low. Um, first of all, I don't think everyone is fully aware of who he is. And even the guys that are like, people will be concerned about the upside because of him giving up a bunch of runs in the last start. But I, I would be willing to jump on him very heavily. Yeah. I mean, Arizona with like, with the Padres kind of struggling to start the year, Arizona has been a team that like they're in the mix in the NL West. Listen, I understand how long the baseball season is, but I don't think they wanted to call this guy up yet. Um, but I mean, he just continues to show that he deserves a chance. So Arizona, a very underrated pitching staff for what it's worth. Um, I, I think Fott is like you said, I mean, I probably play him at, on, on two of my three teams here. Um, I mean, he's just too cheap. There's a bunch of bats that we like today. I like him a lot in this spot. The flip side of it is, like, if he is going to get a lot of ownership, how do we play Miami? I mean, <laughs> I mean you could take – obviously, we know we could take Jazz. Um, he is like that, like, guy that if you're playing Miami, you're probably getting Jazz – it's just there's no power in this lineup, and that's why it, it's so hard to even, like, say – I mean, if you're not playing Fott, I don't think you're really playing Miami. You're just hoping that he has a bad start and they don't hit, like, three or four home runs. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to find five people to stack in this in this lineup for sure. Um, obviously, Jazz, like you mentioned, Arise Price at 4,400. I just don't, there's not a ton of upside there. I would need a full five man stack to even consider playing him. Solaire, I think, is the other option outside of Jazz. There is power there. Um, yeah. Birdie, maybe for the stolen base upside. Um, like De La Cruz is cheap. He hasn't shown a ton of pop. I don't know what the upside is there. Jesus Sanchez was a decent prospect coming up, but he's, he's scuffled. Um, Segura is well past his prime. You have to play him at third base. That's not ideal. It is a, a decent ballpark upgrade for the, the Miami bats going into Arizona, um, especially if the roof is open. That that would change it some is. things. I, it's projected. You, it, on their website, it says open Monday, Tuesday, close Wednesday. That's not great for Fott or Luzardo, honestly. It was um, open for Gallon on Monday, though. So Yeah, true. I mean, it, it's not a deal breaker. It's just... You would rather have it closed for your pitchers, open for your hitters. So 
it, it's definitely a ballpark upgrade for for the Miami bats. I'm just not sure that we can get the five of them. If you want to do a three man stack for leverage, I, I'm totally fine with that. Um, Jazz, Solaire, and and probably Birdie for the stolen bases is a, the three I think I would go with. Yeah, the difference between like Arizona being 90 degrees, um, it has 11 percent of humidity. Where we were talking about Atlanta, it's gonna be 83 with 52 percent humidity. Um, so the ball is going to be flying in Atlanta and it's going to fly like the ballpark plays way better in chase field when the, when the roof is open, but I, I still think like five is okay. Miami is not my favorite team. Arizona. Um, I mean, right back to the well on Arizona. I don't know if I full stack them, but you know, Walker who just hit a home run, obviously very good against lefties. He's always playable. Marino. Um, cheap catcher with some pop at 3,300. So you can take some shots on him. Rivera has been someone hitting up towards the top of the order um, against left-handed pitching. So I don't mind taking shots on him. Again, it's probably more of a secondary stack. Um, what are your thoughts here on Arizona? Yeah, they got a price boost. Um, Christian Walker, I loved on Monday night. I still love him here, but I think he was 4,100 Monday night. He's up to 4,900. Um, I still love him because he do just crushes lefties. Um, but this Arizona stack is not as cheap as it was Monday night. So it, it will not be as heavily owned for me today. Um, I still like Longoria at 3,700. Obviously past his prime, but he still has pop. Love the Moreno call for a cheap catcher. Uh, Rivera as a cheap bat as well. There are ways to make it work. I just, I do believe in the talent of Lizardo. He has a lot of strikeouts in him. Um, but the pricing on, on Arizona, I think, is also what takes me off. Marina stole base tonight, too. Monday night. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know that I'd expect that every night. but No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, he's a guy that has some pop. Um, yeah, really good prospect. That was his first stolen base of the season, so yeah, watch out. He's, got, <laughs> he's on a roll now, green light. We finish it out, Washington at San Francisco. Probably the most disappointing game for me personally on Monday night. We got Corbin and Webb facing off. It is an eight total. Um, the Giants are a 250 favorite in this game. Um, Patrick Corbin's 5,800. Any interest in him going up against the Giants? Boy, he uh, he mowed down my Cubs last time out. I don't know where, where that came from. I don't expect him to be able to do that again. Um, like, this is a guy we love to pick on. I don't... I don't don't think I can play him. Um, super cheap. Maybe he found something in the last start, but I need to see it at least two or three more times before I consider rostering Corbin. I think he's playable today. I think if Fott is going to have a ton of ownership, this is a team that is terrible. Um, they have the second highest strikeout rate in baseball against left-handed pitching at 29.8%. You know, a lot of the podcasts we've talked about WRC plus. Well, they're sitting at 79. We talked about 100 being league average. That's the fifth worst in baseball against left-handed pitching. Yeah, Hanniger's back. He's hit with no power against lefties. He's kind of been a reverse splits guy throughout his career. He's struggling against lefties big time this year. Like the one bright spot in this lineup this year against lefties has been Flores, but I mean the rest of this lineup is really bad. So if there was ever a spot for Court. Corbin to go out and put up 20 points. This game's in San Francisco. It has a low total. 
I don't think it's crazy to think of Corbin as a pivot play here. Um, if fat is getting um, some ownership and Schmidt, like those are the two pivots potentially, potentially one of the reasons why um, fat is not going to be like super high owned because Schmidt is getting Oakland and maybe Corbin is 5% and I can get some exposure to him at low ownership. And I don't mind that either because I overall, I think the spot is okay for Corbin. Do I like playing Patrick Corbin? No. Um, do I ever play him as chalk? No. Do I think he's going to be chalk today? No. So, I mean, it kind of fits the three ends. So, um, I, I don't think this is a spot I want to, you know, play a ton of Giants. And I kind of have some interest in Corbin, which sounds terrible when you say it out loud. Um, <laughs> going to the other side, we got... Logan Webb, 9,500, obviously a huge favorite. We've watched Descafani just get singled. Uh, I mean, just – I can't wait to see his BABIP after the game's over. I'm so curious. <laughs> it has to be extremely high because, I mean, they hit – I think I, I'm probably overestimating, but I would say they've hit eight to ten singles in this game against him. Um, how many hits has he given up? He's given up ten hits, and I, I would guess seven Jeez. of those have been singles. Um, so – what are your Death thoughts on Webb? Yeah, I mean, I think he's the chalk pitcher of the day. Um, the price tag is not ideal. I will say he's picked up his strikeouts a little bit this season. 27%. Um, yeah, he's all the way up to 27%. The walks are now on the elite level of 3.9%. This is a true ace in baseball. Um, was a great prospect coming up, had success early in his career. It looks like he's taken that final step forward this year. Um, and San Francisco has an ace for a couple more years. He's, I think he's under team control for a few more. They might have even extended him already, but really good pitcher. The matchup is great against a terrible offense. The one downside here is that Washington doesn't strike out a ton. Um, it's a big price tag, but I, I think he's as safe as a pitcher can get on in this spot, um, assuming that he doesn't get singled to death again, but not a ton of power on this Washington side. I think he can still rack up a couple of Ks. I don't think it's a ceiling spot for Ks. Um, so I, I don't know that I want to go massively overweight on him if he's chalk. Uh, but I, I certainly want some exposure. Good spot for Webb. Really good pitcher. Bad offense on the other side. Ten hits allowed, nine singles. Jeez, you weren't kidding. <laughs> I know. I, I, I underestimated, I guess. I, I can't wait to see what his bad is. I'm so curious. Webb is solid. Webb is, I mean, he he has a little bit more strikeout upside than Descafani. I played Descafani on my main team yesterday. I mean, I think Webb is a fantastic option. I really, I mean, yeah, I, I don't really have a bad thing to say about him. I, I think this is a great spot. Washington is not going to hit for power. They're going to hit nine singles. And, I mean, that's just, that's just honestly Descafani running bad. I mean, if those singles are hit, anywhere else i mean he gets out of that first setting quicker and he's kind of cruising in this game but yeah i mean anything can happen in baseball i think webb's fantastic here today i have no interest in the washington bats yeah same i, I didn't play any against disclafani and if i'm not doing that there's there's no chance i'm playing him against webb as far as the giants go i mean flores i guess is okay um continues to crush left-handed pitching like, J.D. Davis has been so good. 
against righties this year. He has a zero ISO with a 36% K rate against lefties. It just doesn't make what is any going sense. on. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. So um, JD Davis last year had a 170 ISO and a 34% K rate in 183 plate appearances against lefties. So, I mean, the strikeouts have, I guess, kind of been a thing for him against left-handed pitching. Fair enough. Um, I have interest in the San Francisco team. I will say it's the complete opposite of what it was on Monday night where we had a righty starter and all righties in the bullpen. So there was virtually no pinch hit risk for San Francisco. In this scenario, they're going to start a lefty. There's going to be a bunch of righty platoon bats in the lineup to start the game. And when once Corbin comes out, it's going to be all right-handers coming out of the bullpen and everybody's going to get pinch hit for. Um, it, it makes them really tough to stack. I think guys like J.D. Davis, Mitch Haniger are, are probably safe. But if you've got like Jack Peterson, Lamont Wade sitting on the bench, those guys are coming into this game as soon as Corbin is out. It's not an ideal spot to be able to stack. You can certainly hunt a home run against Patrick Corbin in any spot. Um, but just the pinch hit risk here may, takes me off the San Francisco stack, which I would otherwise love. If, if I knew I was getting four at-bats out of anybody, I, I would have a ton of interest in this San Francisco stack. But because of that that setup and Washington having a bullpen full of righties, there's there's severe pinch hit risk here. Estrada Davis Haniger would be the guys that I'd be looking at here because I don't think they're going to get pinch hit for all right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we will get out of here. Under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you like today? I'm going to the rookie. Um, just really excited to see what he can do in a better matchup. Um, thought he's 4,500. Great matchup against Miami. I'm going to go Patrick Corbin. Oh, baby. <laughs> I just got to get to six. They're just so bad against lefties. And, like, I could be way wrong here, and I'm okay with being wrong. Um, if I play Corbin, it'd be one of three teams and it would just be like, I'm playing thought on two teams and I want to pivot and I don't want to play Schmidt. And I think right now looking at the slate, I think Corbin will be lower owned than Schmidt. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thought process behind it. Over 8k to score under 15. Who's your bust today? I'm going to go Charlie Morton. Boston, just not going to strike out ton of contact bats. Um, even if he has a decent outing, like I, there's no upside here. I, I don't think he gets over 15. I'm going to go Lizardo. Roof open in Arizona. Tough team against left-handed pitching. Um, I'll go Lizardo today. And getting back-to-back lefties. So um, getting to see lefties two days in a row for Arizona. Over 4K to hit a home run. Who do you got? So I love the Seattle righties. I wanted to go Eugenio Suarez. He's too cheap. So I'm going to go up a notch to Teoscar Hernandez at 4,100. There you go. I'm going to go Rafael Devers um, to go yard today. Love it. Under 4K to get two hits. Who's your cheap bat of the day? I got to go with my boy against Flaherty. Matt Mervis says 2,300. Been a little bit of a slow start. I think he gets two hits today, and I think one of those is his first career home run. I'm going to stay in the Boston Atlanta game and go Michael Harris at 3,800. Just a matter of time before this guy gets going again. Uh, stack to score six or more runs. Who do you got? I'm going right back to the Yankees. Um, was on a heavy Monday night. Rusinski's uh, like a, a decent starter. Control should be there, but he's not going to get many strikeouts. And then that Oakland bullpen behind him, I am going to just keep picking on them all season long. 
Um, I like the Yankees for six rounds. I'm going to go White Sox. I think it's pretty clear that I'm with you on the Yankees. I love the Boston-Atlanta game. Like, that game is so stackable. That game is just phenomenal. Um, so I have a ton of interest in the Boston-Atlanta game. I think that game just shoots out with a ton of scores. Um, ton of runs, not a ton of scores. I was watching basketball. Um, so, yeah, I, I love that game. But I'm going to go White Sox against Lyles. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Um, fun slate should pitcher ownership, I think is going to be interesting. You touched on it a little bit, like pitching's hard to been hard to figure out this year with the new rules band, the shift, obviously that that's playing into it a little bit. Um, so I think getting different at pitcher is, is a smart thing to do until, until maybe some of these guys get adjusted to the new rules. For what it's worth, I'm going to give you all, if you're in a state where you can legally bet, um, Patrick Corbin over four and a half strikeouts on FanDuel right now, even money. So I like that one. That's a freebie. We're going to get out of here. Hope everyone has a fantastic Tuesday. We'll be back on Wednesday talking more baseball. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then.